Hi everyone, and welcome to Our Story Plugged In. My name is Liza Collar. This week, Sam Barrett talks to Mickey and Patrick Stack about living abroad, family tradition, and their relationship as brothers over the years. Hi everyone, I'm Sam. I'm here with Patrick Stack and Mickey Stack, a set of brothers who go to Fordham. Um, Guys, I'm gonna start by just asking you to talk a little bit about yourselves, who you are, what you do, what you're studying, what you're involved in, and just anything you might wanna share. Hi, I'm Patrick Stack, the older of the two Stack brothers. This is my third year at Fordham. I'm an engineering physics major, I think I'm minoring in history. Clubs-wise at the school, I'm part of the the rugby team. I'm on the men's rugby club. And I don't do too much other than that. I'm Mickey Stack, the younger of the brothers. I'm a freshman at Fordham, currently undecided in what I want to major in. And yeah, I've only been here two months, so I'm not really too involved in any clubs or sports. But Well, good. So the first question I'm going to ask you guys is, how is your dynamic as brothers and how has that changed over the years? We've talked about this before. When we were younger, we were super close. We shared a room when I was like eight. You were No, when I was like six and seven. Started when I was four and yeah. you were six. And yeah. that was until... Until we left, right? Yeah. First, that house. For Switzerland. So right? eight years. Yeah. We can get into that later. Or we can get into it right now. So we were super close until we were about 14 and 12. And then we, we actually moved abroad. We lived in Zurich, Switzerland for like two and a half years. And there, I'd say our relationship as brothers between us and then also our relationship with our other brothers changed and developed. Because we actually, we're the middle siblings. We, yeah, have, we have a so, younger and a yo- uh, older brother. So in Switzerland, I feel like that the dynamic yeah, changed a little bit. The dynamic definitely changed. I feel like you definitely became closer with our older brother, Joey. And I became closer with our much younger brother, Jamie. And it sort of just stayed like that throughout the three years we were abroad. The, the experience of moving abroad also made us, like, as a whole, a lot closer. You get there and you literally know no one. So first little bit that we were there, we the only people we knew well were, were each other. So that generally brought us all really close together as brothers, which is something that we still are lucky enough to have. I would also say... We have such a like sort of built-in closeness. We don't really feel a sort of obligation to really be each other's best friends and and always be spending time with each other because we're just so used to that other person being there. So me coming to Fordham was not because Patrick also goes here, but yeah. it's sort of just a by chance thing. But I would say our relationships also evolved a little bit just in the past couple months. Me being not super outgoing. Patrick has definitely helped me meet a lot of people that I'm now close friends with. And I think that's a new aspect of our relationship that I guess I've never really needed and Patrick's never really needed to provide, but I'm super grateful for that. Yeah. That makes me feel good about myself. (laughs) So you mentioned how Switzerland was tough on the family for a while, but also made you guys a lot closer. What were some of those challenges when you first got to Switzerland. Oh, geez. First five seconds in the country. This is per- this oh, is just yeah. me. I like um, this story a lot. This is like my second time ever flying. 12-year-old, 12-year-old Mickey. Who on family road trips. Oh, yeah. Has gotten <laughs> motion sick. Notoriously bad at traveling. 
the plane literally like touches the tarmac in Zurich. The jetway connects, and I'm literally the first one off the plane. I grab my backpack and my trumpet case from the overhead storage bin, sprint off the plane, and and just throw up all over the jetway. Yeah. And then I'm just standing there, bent over, looking at <laughs> what I just did as the whole plane exits, and my whole family kind of just consoles me, but not yeah. too close. No, I didn't. I didn't. So that's a bad omen. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It, yeah, it was a it was a it was a rough landing, yeah, but definitely. I I don't think I found out till we were like fully in the terminal. Like I got off the plane, I was leaving the plane, and I was like, kind of stinks. <laughs> and then we got back. I was like, where's Mickey? And someone was like, oh, he's in the bathroom right now. He just threw up. I was like, oh, okay. I actually it's remember. Also super sleep deprived. But. Yeah, definitely. I remember that first day like pretty vividly. I remember one not understanding that kilometers per hour were a thing, so being very confused that. 100 I'll sign on the highway yeah <laughs> but I remember getting to our house which like hadn't been furnished yet so all we had was our seven or eight duffel bags and each other yeah so we're just like sprawled out I think we had in a the, couple chairs maybe yeah because we had, we had rental furniture no but it, it hadn't come at that point so oh, I remember okay. for the first couple hours we were literally sitting just us like propped up against our luggage just yeah what the heck do we just get ourselves into yeah. what are we gonna do and also like everyone's falling asleep and so yeah. the the flight is a red eye from from new york to zurich so we have no sleep and it's also the morning and we also need to stay awake or else we're gonna be super jet lagged so it's like constantly just like yeah. okay don't fall asleep oh, i'm falling asleep someone's waking me up do you remember when dad couldn't figure out how to start our car yeah that took like 30 minutes i remember just yeah we we were we were in the whatever garage in the airport. He just couldn't figure out how to start the car. It was it was a regular like key turn, pretty sure. Um, he had to, like step on the brake. But he yeah, and it, it took him so long because he's also I guess hesitant to ask someone for help because they would have to he'd have to do the whole charade of like language barrier and like I don't am I gonna have to act out my issue for you or are you gonna understand me? And then the funniest thing to me is that he just had to pull his foot down on the brake pedal which is not like a uniquely yeah. european thing or like a just wasn't wasn't thinking about it he had also been there for two months yeah that was so. hard those two months were were kind of hard so, so we moved because our, our dad started working uh, for a new company but he he went like to switzerland two months before we did why, why were they hard i don't, I don't was, remember much about it was, that period he doesn't travel as much as he used to but just because we're so used to all like the traditions we have with dad yeah it was also new year's day 2014 that we yeah that we left, well, oh so we like we had christmas, christmas packed up and left yeah. i didn't even think about that so aside from some of the initial day one hardships sure. did you guys notice any challenges over your few years there did it seem to get easier was it hard to leave um, it was it was hard to leave. Two and a half years, two years is long enough to make like meaningful relationships. So that was that was a little bit of a bummer when we found out we'd be moving back. I don't know. It, it's it's also the community that we were in was a bunch of international students. So everyone knows what it's like to be in a place where you don't know anyone, and everyone has moved. You know, I'd say the majority have moved upwards of two, three times. So. You know, socially, it actually wasn't that bad. At least for me, there were <laughs> there was like some Finnish kid in my PE class was would give me a hard time sometimes, and like 
make for me. And I was like, is this bullying? Is this, like, trying to be friends or something? Like, I didn't really understand it. But for the most part, I think... I, I definitely got better at making friends, for sure. Like, that's a skill that I got better at. Oh, kind of on the other end of the spectrum for me, I... I was gonna say because we went to an international school, so many of these kids are almost just like, it's ingrained in them to move every couple of years. They're very scared and hesitant to make deeper connections. Like it's very easy to make friends on a surface level there. It was at least, but I think so many kids there didn't want to let themselves get hurt by a friend moving away that they never made a super close friend and in my experience i remember the day before we left me and my four closest friends in the world played basketball at the little basketball court that was like five minutes from our house that we went to every day almost for those two years and i remember saying to them all right uh i gotta go back home to pack for my flight tomorrow morning and i remember the four of them standing in like a military lineup like perfectly in a row and my closest friend at the time nikki literally looked me in the eye and said it's been a pleasure shook my hand the four of them kind of just like nodded in agreement like yep it was nice nice transaction of experiences we had with you see you whenever and i don't think i've spoken to the four of them since which is crazy because i didn't even think i was aware that our relationship was so surface level at the time because i thought i was graduating high school there so I was like, oh, I'm going to be friends with these guys for the rest of my life. And I haven't talked to them since. And I think that's why us being brothers, the four of us being brothers is so, I don't know, it's just like comforting to know that, or at least I hope not, <laughs> that you'll ever do that to me. Yeah. Um, I promise I won't shake your hand like yeah. we just finished a business transaction. That's, that's what it felt like. Yeah. You both mentioned that you learned things about friendship. What are some other things you learned in your time there? A little bit of German. I mean, (laughs) it's also kind of a really interesting phenomenon because there were so many. So yeah, all the classes were taught in English, but they're kids from all over, mostly Western Europe, but really all over the world. And so it's so common to hear people just flowing back and forth between languages in conversation. So that was a bit of sort of like an isolating thing where it's like, I only speak English and you just spoke in German, Italian, Swiss German, which is like a weird dialect that's very different from German and English in one conversation. I don't know, we also learned that public transportation is capable of being very good, which is, is not something that you you necessarily experience riding the Metro North. And the Metro North is fine, but I mean, just the Swiss train system and trolley system and buses were amazing. and really offered me a lot of independence that I wouldn't have gotten as like a 15 year old in rural Connecticut. I was going to say the same thing. Even as a 12 year old, 13 year old, Zurich's like one of the safest cities in the world. Everyone leaves their bike unlocked. Probably hasn't been any sort of violent crime in a while. So I remember my mom being super hesitant, our mom being super hesitant to like let 85 pound Mickey leave the house and go into a city by himself. But that was something I was totally safe doing and I think that's where I learned a bunch about just myself as a person and what I like to do because there were times I would go into the city by myself to take pictures or like sit in the park and write poems and I think that's one of the big reasons I like am very comfortable being independent now 
later in life when I think it's super important for me to be able to do that because there are still kids who need to be surrounded by people and need to be distracted with social interaction all the time. And sort of just because of the situation I was in in Zurich with this amazing opportunity, I sort of learned that very early on. Yeah. I think that's no, really I, good. It's super valuable. I mean, it's, it's definitely a skill to be able to like just be with yourself and your own thoughts and not be on your phone or like distracted in any way and just be like sitting somewhere. Like that—that's something that you need to learn how to do, and that a lot of people don't. I feel like. I wonder what else I learned there. Learned how to play rugby. <laughs> they didn't have football at the school, so that's where I started playing rugby, and I've, have since fallen in love. But. So it seems like you both grew a lot as individuals during that time. I want to go back to something that I think you mentioned earlier about those family traditions that you missed out on when your dad was living there without you guys at the beginning. Um, what are some of those traditions and do you still practice some of those? Yeah, I mean, we're starting. So he, he came back for Christmas. I think I misspoke. He, he was, he was there for still. Christmas in those like five days and then we left. So on Thanksgiving, which he did miss that year, right? Mm-hmm. We have an egg painting tradition where uh, I'm sure Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, well, so, oh, that's yeah, Easter. Not. No, okay, but every, <laughs> sorry. They, they all come out on Thanksgiving yeah. though. And we all look at them at Thanksgiving. Okay. No, we don't. That's yes, we do. They're they're like table decor. All right, Our dad's side of the family <laughs> is super super close. He has He's four brothers. Youngest, He's yeah. the youngest of five brothers, and I get the sense so like his dad was was his hero. I know that for a fact. He loves to tell stories about our grandpa on his side and maybe this is just me speaking but i can i don't i wonder if patrick thinks the same thing that he wants to be that for us a lot of the time be a a sort of figure that we can can look up to and try and just be proud of yeah and the way he sort of built this relationship with each of us so one of our traditions that we have with our dad is when you turn eight years old we go just you and him to washington dc for like a weekend and he's a big history nerd. Um, so he just takes you around to the different monuments and museums and just teaches you about the history of our country and our country's capital. Yeah. It's also just a fantastic time to bond with him. And yeah. it's, it's DC, which is a super cool city. And you're like eight years old. And yeah, you're, just you're not around. listening to anything yeah, you're saying. You're like, like, oh, president? Okay, okay what's constitution yeah. mean? And then, but you still have a great time and yeah. I think all of our favorite moments in that trip, or at least me and our older brother Joey's, was uh, at the National Air and Space Museum. They have these uh, jet simulators. Yeah, so that was fun. super fun. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what else? That, I think that, that, well, that was a tradition that was started by his dad, yeah. our grandpa. Oh man, I didn't think about he, that. He, him and all his brothers share that as well. Um, and, and now we do, which is pretty cool. Another thing, I think a lot of it, <laughs> now that I think about it, it's just him finding excuses to do stuff that he likes to do sometimes that's true we did a whole he was a god yeah he was an english major and so obviously loves literature so another thing at age eight is that we all read the entire harry potter series with him and that would that would take three years so like a a 25 percent of my life was filled with almost every night reading at least some of harry potter with him yeah from the time where I was small enough to fit in a single armchair with him to the point where we had to sit on a sofa. I think he really just tries to share the things that he loves with us. Although we may not appreciate them as much as he does now, I think uh, such a big part of shaping us into just becoming yeah. I think, more I think thoughtful it, people, I think. 
definitely. I, I think they, both him and my mom, have really instilled in us like the things that they like, but also just to be a considerate person. I think that's, I don't know. I, I feel like if I if I were to think of one thing that they've taught us or tried to incorporate into raising us is just being a considerate just person. Be de- it's like. Just be a decent person. But to to the end of like him just showing us stuff that he likes like I think it was like last summer where I realized how much of my music taste is yeah has been influenced by his music taste and, and like he would just play you know anytime we're in the car you know Led Zeppelin Grateful Dead Almond Brothers Band Bob Marley like and then for I still love all of that music myself but then I'll listen to people that I've discovered on my own and and really gotten into and I'll be like this I can kind of see the influence of you know southern rock or reggae or yeah blues he loves Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf and like it's also super fun to show him music that we're into yeah and he like tries his best to have an open mind yeah and we'll show him Kendrick Lamar or like a Billie Eilish music video and he'll just like sit there silently that's just terrible um, <laughs> we, we showed him uh, so Bury a Friend yeah. <laughs> we oh. showed him the music video for Bury a Friend by Billie Eilish absolutely and he was just like him. yeah Medical I mean it was a scary music video but it's <laughs> he did not he did not like that uh, in the same way I think we also have positively opened his mind like pretty conservative old white guy yeah who has <laughs> biracial sons now yeah who paint their nails and get tattoos and pierce their nose yeah. and become vegan after dropping acid <laughs> um <laughs> he's vegetarian vegetarian so i think it's like a very give give and take relationship that we have yeah and the whole time i know he's thinking like my dad hated me yeah. and my brother's haircuts my dad yeah. hated our music exactly so have you showed him anything music wise that he's liked <laughs> not that I can think of. I don't, it's not like I. Every time I come across a cool song, I'm recommending it to my dad. But <laughs> I have a. I, I can think of a couple people or things that he would like. He kind of likes Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> Very entry level hip hop. There. No, take what you can get. Yeah, uh, I don't think he. So he he. One time he asked us what the stairway to heaven of our generation is, and well, we said it's, it's a long debate. Yeah, it is. I I, There's no I think answer. we both think that it's Sing About... Okay, I guess Mickey doesn't... That's hard. I think it's Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst by Kendrick. And we so I played him the whole thing, and he didn't he didn't dislike it. I think he appreciated it, at least. At the very least, in a, as a story. As a story. Going back to something you very briefly mentioned earlier, Mickey, your nose is pierced. Patrick, I know you have tattoos. Yep. What were some of the motivating factors behind those decisions? Spite, no. Uh, (laughs) Rebellion. I don't know. We, as like fun of a childhood as we've had and super fortunate and super blessed, I don't know, we just are very like molded. I feel like growing up in Connecticut, you know, vineyard vines wearing khakis. Like like there's a, there's... I don't know. A a stereotype where... Yeah. uh, we, We feel the need to differentiate ourselves perhaps. By just fitting into another stereotype no i don't know i think i don't know it's just it's just fun really it's just i don't think there's too deep of a meaning behind it other than furthering your identity as a person away from 
the people who raised you like i've been told i remember my boss who was also my mom's boss at the time um she said you know i see i mean obviously you look so much like your mom but when i met your dad at the christmas party last night you oh you guys have the same exact mannerisms you guys <laughs> talk so similarly and carry yourself in such a similar way and i was huh i'm really just 50% mom 50% dad but who is mickey so i think me coming i mean just when any kid goes to college they become more independent and find out who they are but yeah you learn so much about who you are like right now is for you honestly your first couple months of college yeah and we just had dinner with them a couple of days ago and i didn't feel super different maybe i look different dress differently but when i'm back around them it's so hard to like not turn into the same kid i was my whole childhood again and just almost like it's not putting on an act but just like to be that kid for them so they don't feel upset by yeah, seeing I such mean, a changed person yeah i think they really do enjoy watching us change as people i think and as far as like piercings and tattoos go you know they're not thrilled about it they're not gonna kick us out of the house over it either and i'd say also it's not it's not like a rejection of who you were as a child or a rejection of i don't want to be like my parents like I, like yeah, I don't want to be exactly like my parents, but they're cool people. Like, I see a lot of qualities that I have, you know, inherited from them, and I don't turn my nose up at them. And and part of my, one of my tattoos has, like, very much a, a familial, sentimental value to it, and it goes to our, our Korean heritage. I mean, that's why I got it. It's, it's one of the symbols on the South Korean flag, and it really connects me to, like, my mom's dad and that whole side of my identity. So that's why I got that. I also, talking about our parents, didn't tell them about either of the tattoos I got. I got one actually like three weeks ago and they don't know about it still. And then my mom found out about my first one like a couple days afterwards. She was really she mad. She did not like it at all. I remember, I remember just being entertained, she, which means that she <laughs> which wasn't. Which means that she was pissed. Yeah, I think she, she also didn't want me to get it. I actually got a text from her three weeks ago uh, about five minutes after I finished getting my new tattoo and she goes oh, it was great to see you over the weekend I think the one tattoo looks great that's enough for now and I was like it's good to see you over the weekend too <laughs> didn't didn't really acknowledge the rest of that text you mentioned a lot of your dad's influence on you what kind of influence did your mom have on your childhood and who you are today well, you know, she's she's our she's been the primary person that's raised us. She's she's been a stay-at-home mom, and then recently she's started fitness training. And yeah, it, I'd say she has a huge influence. I I almost can't pick out like specific I things. I feel like it's she's been so present for our whole lives that her actions aren't as much as an influence, just as much as like her existence is. Because we don't have traditions with her in the same way we do with our dad, but in a different sense that's almost made us closer with her because she's around so much we don't need to go on like a trip just with her for her to know so much about us or vice versa and again with her her background her being korean yeah. has i think just given us a different perspective than a lot of our peers who oftentimes think we're just 100 percent white yeah um that's true, that happens. But then when we show them baby pictures of us at our first birthday <laughs> in formal Korean attire with our grandparents on our mom's side reading us 
old Korean like scrolls pretty much and there's just so much history on that side of the family that's very integral to both of us I think yeah I remember just like learning a bunch about our, our heritage when when Harabaji was right before he died we got to see him one last time he, he died of cancer and we went and visited and he spent like a whole afternoon just going through photos and telling us like this was your this is your great-grandmother she was the first female congresswoman in Korea this is your great-grandfather he was a professor in Japan and he did this and that it was so great to be able to like listen to him and listen to that and, and start to appreciate you know that that whole side of us because it really is where we come from and if if he our, our grandfather and grandmother hadn't you know, made that sacrifice, immigrated to the United States, like, we wouldn't exist. And it's something I really think about. I think that's also that experience of him taking us through our, like, pretty much family histories. There's almost a responsibility I started to feel. In Korean culture, it's super important to maintain records of your family's history. We, our last name, Byung, goes back what thousands of years probably and i remember thinking like we're we're our grandfather's legacy we have an uncle but after that it's just us you know this korean family's identity in the united states is something that we have to carry on and i think that's an aspect of at least for me that i want to pay more attention to that i know i don't pay enough attention to because there's a side of you that doesn't want to stand out and be the kid who's like, oh, why are you eating seaweed right now? I mean, obviously it's not a big deal now, but I remember being like a little kid and bringing rice and seaweed to school and kids being like, what the, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, Part of that is like your little kids though too. That's true. But yeah, I just think, <laughs> I think it's actually surprising on both sides of the family how important family is to both our mom and to our dad. And now us. I mean. And now us. And it's not even like we actively think about it we're so almost like genetically bred to be close <laughs> as a family unit that it's really eye-opening to hear about other families experiences like we're it makes me realize every day how fortunate we are to have the childhood and family that we do have yeah definitely and like the close brotherly relationship that we were talking about earlier like exactly. i didn't even really realize until we started meeting more people in switzerland that like oh you like i was also 14 but I was like, oh, you can actually, like, really despise your sibling. And that's just something I, I wasn't forced to think about, and I was lucky enough, and I'm lucky enough to not have to think about it. Well, I think that closes the loop quite perfectly. Thank you both for sharing all those stories with me and with the Social Impact Storytelling Podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episodes of Our Story Plugged In. Stay tuned for more episodes soon. As always, follow us on Instagram at Social Impact Storytelling for more updates. If you have any questions about the process of Our Story or want to join the team, feel free to email rstory at fordham.edu for more information.